Hey podcast family, welcome to Caregiving is a Ministry, where we look at the Word of God through the lens of caregiving. Don't forget to follow me on Facebook at Caregiving is a Ministry, all one word. So, what book do you think we're going to study today? Should be a no-brainer, right? We're going to be in 2 Timothy, because we were in 1 Timothy yesterday, last episode. So why do you think Paul needed to write Timothy a second letter? Remember, the first letter was to provide him with instruction as to how to set up the church. Remember, the church leaders, the church body to give instruction on dress and to also provide him with encouragement. But now there's a second letter. So let's see if we can decipher what the purpose of this second letter is. I'll be reading from the New International Version, and I'm just going to be reading from several scriptures. So the first scripture set that I will read comes from the first chapter, verses 6 through 8. For this reason, I remind you to fan into the flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of hands, of my hands. For the Spirit of God gave us For the Spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. So do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Rather, join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. Now, chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses entrust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. Join with me in suffering like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civil affairs, civilian affairs, but rather tries to please his commanding officer. Similarly, anyone who competes as an athlete does not receive the victor's crown except by competing according to the rules. The hard-working farmer should be the first to receive a share of the crops. Reflect on what I'm saying, for the Lord will give you insight into all of this. Chapter 3, verses 14 through 17. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you have learned it, and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Lastly, chapter 4, verse 2. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. Now, what would you say the reason or the rationale behind Paul's writing this second letter? Why did he why did he have to write the second letter? Is it obvious to me? It's obvious. 
he wrote the second letter because poor little Timothy was struggling. If you go back and read the entire book, which is just four chapters, you will see that there was conflict in that body of believers. And Paul kind of addressed some of that in the first letter. So it appears as if that is still going on. Paul even identifies two people who have left the body and then advises Timothy not to engage in those types of conflict, I guess. I shouldn't say those types, but in conflict when he refers to a soldier not being concerned with civilian matters and conflict, but to remember his calling. That's remembering why you are there and not allow the enemy to bombard you with side issues that will keep him from going forward and why Paul placed him there in the first place. Paul, in essence, is trying to refocus Timothy from all that stuff that he's seeing around him. And Paul is instructing him to look at him himself, Paul, as his mentor, that he's led an exemplary life for Timothy to follow so he can follow him and ultimately following Jesus. We all are probably very familiar with that verse, you know, I've not been given the spirit of fear or timidity, depending on the version of the Bible that you have, but of love, power, and a sound mind or self-control, right? That comes out of this chapter. And Paul is telling his young protege this to keep him encouraged and to keep him focused, to, to remind him that God has equipped him for that job, that it's not too difficult for him. Sound familiar, caregiver? <laughs> not to allow the circumstances to sway him into, um, you know, doubting his calling of who, of why he was placed there and perhaps the message that he is to proclaim. So what can we take away um, from this letter? What, what, what is Paul teaching us about shepherding, about leadering, about being a leader, leadering? I don't know if that's a word. <laughs> what is he teaching us? First, I think it reveals how Paul stays abreast of what's going on with Timothy, Timothy and that um, community of believers. He's aware and he has his finger on the pulse. Even without Google or Siri, can you, can you imagine that? Paul still maintained situational awareness. And because he did, as we should, he was mindful of what was going on. We should be mindful of what is going on around us. Us personally, when your body is giving you warning that mm, you need to take a nap. <laughs> or maybe you don't need to go to that dinner or that lecture or I don't know, whatever it is that you you need to stay home and rest. Or your body tells you you don't need that second bit of cake. Like I like cake. You know, to be situationally aware about ourselves first and then about our family as caregivers, of course, our loved ones, about what's going on in our community. We're not supposed to put blinders on. And going back to you, my dear caregivers, keeping your pulse on situations, God has entrusted you with taking care of your loved one. And 
and, and you've got to be situationally aware of what is going on with them. Changes in their behavior or their health. I tell you with my mom, one of the things that I used to do early on that the Holy Spirit I know just placed within me was whenever she would be given a new medication from her um, primary health care provider, I wouldn't start giving it to her until the weekend. That way I knew I would be home so that I could observe any kind of changes, any kind of side effects, because we all know with medication, you take it for one thing, but there are five trillion things that could happen as a result of taking it. Bizarre. And so I would, I would give them to her on Saturday and so I could monitor her on Saturday and I could monitor her on Sunday and then a little bit on Monday she'd go to daycare and there was a nurse there so I know that you know she could monitor and that that worked out really well because I recall the doctor prescribing it I don't remember what the medication was but it was a medication that was um, advertised on TV for depression but he said that it also had um pain-killing side effects not not side effects but um one of the additional attributes I guess that it had was it could um reduce pain and so I was like are you sure and he said yes and so he prescribed that for her okay now I'm skeptical because of what I know the primary message of what the medication was supposed to do had so anyway I started giving it to mama on Saturday and by Sunday I could tell that there was a drastic change in her personality. It's like she was zombieing out. She wasn't an alert. You know, she wouldn't smile at me. Just comatose, not comatose, but I could change. I could sense the change in her behavior, in her personality. That Monday, I called the doctor <laughs> and said, look, you're going to have to prescribe something else because this medication after two days has already had this type of effect on her not going to happen anymore that's being situationally aware and that's what we need to do with our loved ones as caregivers with our children as parents with our spouses with everything that we do second I think Paul is telling us once again to address the issues to confront the issues remember confrontation isn't a dirty word when you see someone struggling throw out a lifeline if it's at all in your power to do so, make an investment in peace. Make an investment in encouragement and mentorship. Make an investment in love. Caregivers, it can be very challenging, I know, to have the difficult conversations with your loved ones or your family members about final arrangements. Yep, bringing this up again. But I'm telling you, if you do not address it now, understand that you will have to address it later. And when later comes, it can wreak all sorts of havoc. Because then you're really not prepared to do it. You're making emotional decisions on things that should be done with a clear head. With the best intent for what it is that your loved one wants and to best honor them. And it gets all the bickering and the fighting out of the way if done correctly. But that, in my opinion, that's throwing out a lifeline right now when you see that. Now, granted, if you can't affect it per se, all you can do is just maybe gently make the recommendation every now and again. But having these con- types of conversations will save you strife 
on the long end. Paul encourages Timothy to look beyond what he is experiencing. As Jesus told his disciples in John 14:1, do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. To me, that's a refocusing. Hey, 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 stop looking over there at what's going on. Hey, hey, keep your attention on me, Jesus, and do what I have called you to do. When you do what God is calling you to do, that is walking in his will, and that means all that other kind of stuff will take care of itself because he's probably given someone else that responsibility to handle in a sense. Now, I'm not saying that we are to put blinders on into things that are going on in our communities per se, because there's always something that we can do as citizens, citizens of the kingdom of God, knowing what is right, knowing that God created all humankind in his image and he gave us the responsibility to have dominion over the earth and not completely destroy it so there are things that you know he has placed in our hearts but his primary purpose for calling you into various things you are to do so you are a caregiver that's a calling a ministry that he's given you for this season if you are a spouse, husband, or wife. <laughs> That's a calling in a ministry he's giving you. A parent. See what I'm saying? A manager. All of those things. Do what he has called you to do. And be situationally aware of the people that he has given you charge over. Because you are a shepherd to them. My prayer is that you realize the calling that God has placed on you. And that you take it seriously. The call to care for your loved ones is a big deal. The call that all of us have is to walk in his word by loving him and then loving others. Let's pray. God, we thank you for showing us that we have responsibility, that you've given us responsibility. And because you've given us responsibility, that means we have a purpose You've given us something to do for a particular season or for a lifetime. I ask, Father, that you make it plain to us exactly what that calling is, that those areas of responsibility, we touched on some, but there's so many. But to not let us think of them less than because maybe they don't earn a paycheck, but that maybe they're even more important because they do not. Help us to honor you with all that we do and to recognize, as Paul wrote to the church in Colossus, that we do things not for man, but that we do them to honor you. Recognizing that you place those things before us because you've equipped us to handle them. Help us when we are like Timothy and we get discouraged by all of the craziness that we see around us. And then remind us, as Paul has done, that you've given us a spirit of love, power, and a sound mind. Therefore, we can handle it. And help us to exercise that sound mind that you've given us by listening to the Holy Spirit as he guides us to making godly decisions. We are your people and the sheep of your pasture. And we honor you this day. Thank you for encouraging us this day. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. All right, my beloved podcast family, 
Go and minister the act of caregiving in the name of Jesus. Bye.